Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of AMP, the actionable marketing podcast from AMA Omaha. Today, I'm really excited. We have a very special guest in the house. We have Lynn Weinman of Kid Glove, a boutique agency right here in Omaha and Lincoln. How are you, Lynn? I am fantastic, Mary-Kate. And can I take you with me everywhere and have you introduce me all the time? Totally. And you know what else? I'll bring my son and he can play the trumpet. So you'll have theme music (laughs) wherever you go. That sounds fantastic. I know. I often believe that we should all have a a theme music band following us. I think that would make life better for everyone. (laughs) So you're here today because you guys at Kick Love, you just took home the AMA Omaha Pinnacle Award for Best in Show for the work that you guys did on Farmers and Merchants Bank. Congratulations. Uh, thank you so much. My, I'm a competitive person and I love to win awards, but winning at the Pinnacles is one of my favorites because of the caliber of the competition and the work that's there but also the, the judging being based on strategy and results plus creativity, I think just makes it a real win-win. I'm totally with you. I feel like there are so many, you know, you've worked in advertising a long time. I've worked in advertising a long time. We have more awards than any other industry in the world. And so many of them are wildly subjective. I like AMA awards because it's based on what you accomplish with the campaign. So it's always something to be really proud of. Do you want to tell us a little bit about the campaign that won that you guys did for farmers and merchants? Oh, sure. Absolutely. So um, the campaign was for um, uh, mobile banking services. So farmers and merchants bank had just rolled out a brand new mobile banking platform And um, this is a bank that's in 11 Nebraska communities, and pretty much all of those communities are very agriculturally based. And so the campaign was themed Bank Where You Roam, and it featured this iconic work boot. And it wasn't a fancy new work boot. It was a well-worn-in work boot. And um, really the whole campaign was about the fact that when you are in rural Nebraska, you may have to drive to get to your bank. And now you didn't have to, you could bank from wherever you were. And so honestly, I love the creative. It really was empathetic towards the market. It really fit the target audience. But the best part about it, honestly, was they saw a 71% increase in their mobile users during this campaign and a 22% increase in mobile transactions. So Holy conversion, Batman. Right? When, you, when you look at the fact that mobile banking isn't really a new product, however, they did have this great new platform. We all were very excited to see those numbers come in. I don't blame you at all. And I mean, everybody loves good creative, but what's so 
fantastic about that was it was so grounded in the lived experience of the people that you were talking to and extremely, you know, focused on why they, you know, weren't using a mobile banking product before and kind of making that connection in a really new way. So big congratulations on that one. And it sounds like farmers and merchants really recognized, you know, that creative strategy for the winner that it was, which is why they let you run it. So they have got to be an amazing client to work with. Do you work with a lot of clients like farmers and merchants or a lot of banks or financial services? Yeah, well, actually, first of all, I have to say we work with a lot of amazing clients. I think uh, when you have a brand like Kid Glove, We kind of attract those people that look for high service, high quality work. Um, But yeah, actually, we have worked with a number of community banks and credit unions, and we love working with them because if you live in a smaller community, um, and I'd even include Lincoln and Omaha in that, a community-based bank really takes care of the nonprofits and the philanthropic Uh, public needs in that community, as well as taking care of the people and the businesses um, and the agricultural segment uh, from a banking standpoint. But yeah, we love that segment uh, to work with because they're they're really important um, to the work that happens in in different communities. And speaking of nonprofit clients and philanthropic endeavors, I know that you guys work with a boatload of nonprofits. And you kind of alluded to, you know, they really have a lot in common with your your financial services clients and that they they really serve the community. Is that what it is that makes them ideal kid glove clients? It seems, you know, normally you wouldn't see those two being in the same category, but I'm interested in, in what makes an ideal kid glove client, what makes a nonprofit and a credit union kind of the same in your eyes? Yeah, it's it's pretty fascinating, right? We like to say we're the people helping the people who change the world. And so when you look at it, that is the common thread. So nonprofits change the world by being mission-driven and, and serving the communities. Healthcare organizations uh, change the world by making sure the people that live in communities are healthy and then community banks and credit unions uh, change the world by really making sure the financial aspects of what a community needs happen, as well as just being great caretakers of the community. So we love that. And, and we love the fact that another common thread between Kid Glove clients is that they care about their brand and they recognize that branding can make a true difference for them. So when we work with for-profits, we really talk about how having a strong brand will help them command a higher price and ward off competitive threats. And when we talk to nonprofits, we talk about how a strong brand will help them foster strong donor bonds as well as boost their recognition of their good work. And so that too, that care and stewardship of their brand is an important common thread as well. So that's very interesting to me because right now, obviously we're in a challenging economic environment. And traditionally when you're in an environment like this, one of the first budgets to get cut at companies and at nonprofits is the marketing budget or the the fundraising budget. And you just made a really compelling argument for why brand building is so important. 
what do you say to clients or even just to, to friends and colleagues and people that you know in the industry who are grappling with whether or not to cut their marketing budgets in times like these? Right. It, it, is, a t- it is a tough one. And being a business owner myself, I, I get it. We In tough economic times and uncertain economic times, which we are in both, um, you know, we have to preserve our cash and maintain our financial stability. However, you know, we also have to continue to sell and continue to stand out in the marketplace regardless of what we do. And, and by going dark and by going quiet, um, right now, actually, when people are mostly staying home as much as possible, that can be a real detriment to you. So, you know, in the past, we've, we've always heard location, location, location uh, played a big part in the success of a business. Well, that's still true today, but that location might be your online location more so than your brick and mortar location. And, and your marketing is a really big part of that. That makes sense. And with nonprofits specifically, what's the environment like for them? I mean, I think we always think in terms of businesses, but gosh, they've got to be getting hit really hard right now. The needs for those who are serving people directly, the needs are greater than they've ever been as fundraising down. What, how are nonprofits kind of addressing the challenges of the economic environment with their brand? Yeah, there's a lot of different ways. Uh, I mean, it's, it's amazing when you, when you talk about nonprofits, most executive directors who run nonprofits are also very savvy business people. It's just that they're, they're not giving money back to their shareholders, but they're still making payroll, paying rent, taking care of their people, uh, you know, funding their operations. And so all of that comes into play. And so we're seeing those nonprofit profits pivot in the same way that that the for-profit businesses are. So they need to take a look at their typical income generating sources, which could be um, fundraising appeals, it could be fundraising events, um, and, and they're now having to do those in a more digital format. So we actually are very quickly developing a strong expertise on um, holding a successful virtual event because it's not the same rules as an in-person event or holding a successful virtual silent auction or live auction or really upping the ante of your giving campaigns, whether they be direct mail or online or hopefully a combination of the two. Those things are now more important than ever. So we're actually seeing our the needs of our nonprofit clients um, increasing because of that. And uh, there's also nonprofits that are very involved in behavioral change, and they have grant-funded programs uh, focused on certain elements of behavioral change. And now they have to take their community outreach efforts, which would have been done in small groups or large groups or person to person. And a lot of that work now needs to be shifted to um, social media or online videos or other forms and factions too. So we very quickly turned turned to a new page in helping them uh, do their good work. That makes me think it's going to be such an interesting fall because, I mean, you know, here in Omaha particularly, we are such an events-driven community when it comes to philanthropy, and we're coming right into fundraising season. So I am 
particularly interested to see how some of our um, our community nonprofits make that shift and and really reach out to partners to to help them make that pivot. And then you mentioned too the idea of their direct mail. So many nonprofits get you know who are who are not. Purport, you know, predominantly grant funded, get so much of their um, operating budget in the last quarter of the year. And much of that has to do with their end of the year appeal. Um, it's going to be so interesting to see how how people move forward on that. What are some of the trends that you're seeing with, with end of the year fundraising? Right. So it is very interesting because, uh, Mary-Kate, we actually... Um, are in the process of publishing a study of, uh, um, of all of the direct mail appeals that we collected last year to share those trends with, uh, with others. But, you know, we're really seeing that, that key adage of being po- positively disruptive and standing out from the crowd is really important. Um, you know, the people who are doing things like high-level customization and personalization, different shapes, different colors, um, something way beyond that typical white window envelope um, or oversized postcard is really what we're seeing that is standing out and getting the most attention. And as we talk to nonprofits, what we're hearing them having the greatest success with. Excellent. That's such a good resource for them to have as some someone who actually knows what's working right now. I, I feel so often with direct mail, we just kind of guess. Um, so that's an exciting resource. So there's some other big news happening in the kid glove world. You guys have just had your 10th year in business. You're having your 10th year in business, which is amazing. Um, congratulations. Thank you for that. Of course, before you were with Kid Glove, before you founded Kid Glove, you were at Swanson Russell, um, another Nebraska-based agency with a great reputation for quite a few years. Tell us, what was it that inspired you to start your own boutique agency and to focus on these kind of change maker clients? Right. So I actually was at Swanson Russell right for 22 years. I started there when I was a sophomore in college at the University of Nebraska. I wanted an internship in an advertising agency so badly. I didn't even know if they were going to pay me or not. I accepted the (laughs) internship and started the work, and I was so delighted when I actually got a paycheck. That was just a bonus, right? so, (laughs) So I learned a lot while I was there. And I had a lot of fun. Um, But, you know, I have over the years really developed some strong ideas about uh, the way an agency culture should be and the kind of clients that I wanted to work with. And, And there just came a point where it felt like it was time for me to go and exercise that entrepreneurial spirit of mine and and start out on my own. And so, you know, I feel very lucky um, to have been in business for 10 years and to have, you know, beaten the curve of of small businesses that don't last that long. But um, I certainly was able to take the learning from that first 20 years and parlay it into something that I feel is really special and has my own unique flair. I love that. And I love the focus on culture. Can you talk to us a little bit about the Kid Glove culture and why it's so special? What, what was it that you intentionally built with that team? 
Yeah, you know, a lot of times when um, when advertising agencies in particular, but but businesses talk about culture, you know, they they lean back on things like the the beer card and the snacks and you know the parties and the picnics and and what I really wanted to create was the ultimate culture for working together as a team and doing great work. And, and I've really done a lot of study on, on what it takes to build a culture of true trust and a culture where people can be vulnerable and open with one another and the kind of culture that just fuels people to want to come in and work on a team. And so that's the kind of thing when we talk about culture, that's that's the kind of thing we talk about. And, you know, I feel very lucky when the pandemic hit and we ended up working from home virtually overnight. Um, Catherine Warren, who is our operations director, you know, took it on right away and said, you know what, we need to focus on our culture now more than ever. And so we started right away by doing pulse surveys to find out what our people wanted and needed and how they were feeling. We did daily 10 minute meetings in the mornings to just check in and have human connection. We did do the, the monthly happy hours as well, but also did a lot of in-depth conversation and intentional team building while working from home as well. So we're still mostly working from home and I don't know how long uh, we might be, but I'm gonna go out and boldly say that we're actually improving our culture um, while we're working from home. So, you know, we don't wanna just take this, uh, take this sitting down, right? We're, we're gonna take every opportunity we can to be as strong and as good uh, as we can for one another on the team, but also for our clients as well. I am sure that the people on your team really appreciate that. I think that, I mean, what you're saying is something that so many organizations have struggled with over the last five months, um, how to keep, not even just, you know, culture, but how to keep people engaged, how to keep people bonded to one another when they don't have the same, the same rituals. So kudos to you and to Catherine Warren for making, making that work and for your team for, for leaning heavily into it. Um, what are you guys, what are you working on right now that you are really excited about at Kid Glove? Ah, well, here's a big one, Mary-Kate. Um, as part of our 10-year anniversary celebration, we decided to give away $10,000 worth of advertising agency services to one lucky organization. And we, we uh, yeah, right. We called this the Agency for Change Challenge. It's actually an idea that we came up with before the pandemic. And then after the pandemic, it seemed like it was even that much more important to do. Like people really needed some some joy and opportunity and our team included. So um, we have just selected from 45 amazing applicants. We've just selected the winner of that. And actually, I should say winners, because when it came right down to it, we were split right down the middle. We couldn't pick just one. So we're awarding that grand prize to both the Child Saving Institute um, from Omaha and the Lincoln Community Playhouse uh, from Lincoln, of course. And I just have to say, 
we were just so inspired by all of the organizations who entered, but those two in particular, I mean, the Child Saving Institute has such a long history of doing good work in the Omaha community and, and the Lincoln Community Playhouse, you know, people may not realize how they're changing the world, but when they became a finalist uh, in social media, their advocates came out of the woodwork and shared stories about how the programs at the Playhouse had changed their life and in some cases saved their life. And we were really excited about helping them tell that story. What a decision to have to make. And I, I love that, <laughs> you know, it was supposed to be one winner, but you were like, nope, these are both organizations that we can't we can't not work with. So we're just going to go ahead and give away two grands. I think that's, that's remarkable. Yeah. Um, so, wow, that work is probably going to get started really soon. And are, are we going to be able to take a peek at any of that? Are, is there going to be more social media coverage as you're working through those, those new clients? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked. Yes. Um, so they've both agreed to let us share the experience uh, via social media. So we're, I know we're actually I'm kicking off both of those projects later this month. And so uh, stay tuned to the Kid Glove social media channels and we'll be sure to share. And of course, we will share the final product. And who knows, maybe we'll even enter it in the Pinnacle Awards next year. Cool. Um, congratulations to Child Saving Institute and the Lincoln Community Playhouse. That's going to be epic. So let's talk about the last few months. It has been tough. You guys have really come through from a culture perspective with flying colors. What about, you know, more objective um, business related things? What are you guys the most proud of that you've accomplished in a really tough environment? That. That is a really that is a really good question. I, I think the first thing I'm going to say is I am proud of our team. We we decided early on that we were going to power through the pandemic, and and our team at Kick Glove is gutsy and strong and smart and creative, and we really just came together in a way um, uh, for ourselves and on behalf of our clients uh, that has created many positive results. So I'm, I'm very proud of that. As a matter of fact, one of the things we did from the beginning was um, we launched a new brand for an organization in Greeley, Colorado. Um, they were the Greeley Center for Independence, and now they are called Adeo Colorado. And uh, they serve people with disabilities. Their brand was lackluster, confusing, and misunderstood. And uh, they needed something new. And I appreciate their executive director for having the courage to say, let's continue. And the whole brand was launched in mid-May in the midst of the, the pandemic. We did everything uh, via Zoom, even several town hall meetings with their employees. and. Oh. So really proud of that work. And then I'm also proud of the fact that the work that we do, because it is focused on putting the microphone in front of organizations that are doing good work, you know, I'm proud of the fact that our work is helping kids and families and senior citizens and people with disabilities and small businesses and communities. And it's just it's so rewarding to know that when we work so hard, 
that really the work that we do is making a difference. That is a good reason to get out of bed in the morning, I've got to say. So very, very cool. And what's coming up next? What is the thing that you are most excited about at Kid Glove? Whether it's client work or just upcoming things, what's the thing that gets you all giddy and super stoked when you think about it? Well, you know what? I'm just, I'm lucky, Mary-Kate. I'm one of those people that loves what I do. And I've always loved what I do. And not, I know not everyone can say that. So honestly, the work that we do makes me giddy. But I am excited. We are like everybody else. Uh, we are in uncharted territory. And so we're retooling our own marketing Um and, you know, we, we used to do a lot of one-on-one selling and coffees and lunches and conferences, and those things have all changed. And so we get to practice our own craft on ourselves right now and really up the ante in our um, content marketing and digital game. And so not only are we doing that work for our clients, but we're doing it for ourselves as well. As a matter of fact, um, Mary-Kate, just this week, we're launching a new podcast. Uh, actually, it, it's uh, based on the work that we did in our challenge, but it's the Agency for Change podcast. And we're talking to brave, smart, creative people who are changing the world. And uh, it, it has been really, really exciting to record those podcasts. And I'm excited to share those with the world. The Agency for Change podcast. I love it. That sounds like it's worth a listen, especially if if you like to be inspired by great marketing work and by people who are doing really good things in the world and in our communities. It's absolutely very inspiring. Love it. Well, thank you, Lynn, for joining us today. And big congratulations again to Kid Glove for the 10-year anniversary and for taking home the Best in Show at the AMA Pinnacle Awards. Thank you, Mary-Kate. My pleasure. And thanks again to Parkville Media, our sponsor for creating this podcast today. This is AMP, the actionable marketing podcast from AMA Omaha. And this is Mary-Kate Gulick. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. A Parkville Media production.